Have you been considering taking your horse or Western photography passion to the next level? Hi, it's Kara with Cowgirls with Cameras, and I want to tell you about our Cottonwood Ranch photography experience in August. This experience is a workshop, portfolio builder, business clinic, and gathering set in the majestic scenery of the Nevada mountains. This event is learning intensive and full of shooting opportunities that feature ranch work, western horses, cowboys, cowgirls, horses, and dogs. You'll walk away feeling more confident in your camera, editing, and business skills, shoot a few thousand images, and gain new friends in the process. Our events are always focused on collaboration over competition, and our three instructors, myself, Kim Beer, and Phyllis Burchette, are all deeply passionate about seeing you reach your photography goals. To learn more about this event and other photography adventures we have coming up, head over to cowgirlswithcameras.com. It's time to laugh, learn, and take your photography to the next level with your favorite Cowgirls with Cameras, Kara, Kim, and Phyllis. Hey, photographers, it's Kim with Kim Beer Photography and Be More Business. And Kara with Fast Horse Photography. And Phyllis with Phyllis Burchette Photo. Hey, guys. How is everyone today? What have you all been up to? Well, we're post-holiday now, so I think we're all in recovery. It's time to cut back on the holiday sweets officially at my household, and I've been throwing out chocolates and goodies and making sure that those are disappeared from my pantry. But the big thing that I'm excited about this week is that we had an amazing holiday. So we were busy. It was all the craziness of family and friends, which was lovely. It was exhausting. But my son has been home from school for several weeks. So I've been, in terms of work, I've been working very piecemeal, very part-time. And he went back to school this week. So he was not thrilled. He's had such a great time at home because we've done all the fun things. We've done like arcades and we've done bouncy places and we played with cousins and had play dates. It's been a lot of fun. But let me tell you, mama was ready for somebody to go back to school so that she could get back to like a normal routine. So I started back normal routine this week as of yesterday. And it feels good to be in the office, but also a little overwhelming because I've had a lot of stuff kind of stacking up. So what about you guys? Well, for me personally, I did very little business mm -hmm. over the holidays. It was... Uh, You've had a lot going on. We had a ton going on. We had... Wow. The holidays were kind of time of sadness and celebration for me and, and my family. Mm -hmm. We had three deaths in my extended family. Well, two were unexpected, but, and it really made you stop. And, you know, they were from car accidents, actually. And it made you, it made us all step back and kind of appreciate life a little bit more, which I try to do every day anyway now, the older I get. Yeah. As you guys certainly remind me all the time that I'm getting older. <laughs> Kara does. I don't. Yeah, right. We did have a really beautiful celebration of marriage with my great niece. The wedding was absolutely stunning and gorgeous, and they got lucky and didn't have rain for their outside December wedding in Georgia, which we've had tons of rain here. Uh, I was thankful to get to see a lot of really beautiful old friends in December. I have several different groups of friends I get together with still. Some of my First students that I ever taught in the horse business, that's one group. And then I have another group of clients that I trained and showed horses for that we get together with. And then another group of high school friends that I get together with. So, and then of course my family and everything. And we had unprecedented cold here at Christmas for Georgia, like four days of super, super cold. 
and had some water froze up and pipe burst. And I'm really thankful to my family that came to my rescue. And I guess the biggest thing for me was that the first time ever I hosted Christmas for everyone at my house. So that was that was kind of special and nice. And it was really, I have a smaller house than what we're used to. So it was nice to have everybody in one room instead of all scattered. And we actually sat and talked to each other. It was really cool. So Aww. that's about it. That sounds like just a lot of highs and lows and magic moments, but also just a lot of sadness. I'm sorry that you had yeah. family loss over the holiday. Yeah, it was, like I said, un very unexpected for two of them. One of them was a cousin yeah. that had cancer and the other two was, I mean, the one in Kentucky, she's actually 21 years old and had a car wreck. So it was oh, very sad for her, obviously. And then congratulations on the wedding. Yeah. yeah, it was really, really nice. So Kim, what have you been up to? So I have been enjoying my last little bit of holiday time, and I felt like I got thrown into the deep end of the pool this week. Again, I have been so concentrated on working on my business, and now I have to be back to working in my business. My holidays were beautifully quiet, and I, la I, I giggle a little bit at Phyllis's definition of what is cold, because uh, we had our first <laughs> bout of, uh, of serious winter here during, <laughs> during that same period of time. Well, when it's below zero, that's cold for Georgia. We were definitely, we were in the negatives, like negative 12 and negative 17 one day. And we had a good six to eight inches of snow, which was oh. another, another joyful moment. Yeah, it's an oh, it's beautiful until you have to go do chores in it. So... Uh, <laughs> But it is pretty, and uh, we all survived. Me and all the elderly horses around here managed to get through the cold snap without a problem. And then I've been buried in year-end or New Year planning, which now it's like, it's no more planning, it's doing, and catching up my social media, which is something new for me. I know that sounds weird because I teach social media, but I've very rarely done social media for myself. It's always been for clients. And in the last year and a half or two years, I've really switched that around to where I don't have any social media clients anymore. And now it's my turn to do it for myself. So I got to do that for me, which is kind of fun. I wrote a jillion blog posts and recorded a whole bunch of videos for Cowgirls with Cameras, which Kara has started posting and they're on my Kim Bear Photography Facebook and Instagram pages as well. But lots of fun things happening on my YouTube channel right now. And then, of course, I had a quiet Christmas with Nick and I. I made something called for New Year's. I made this German dish called Barak. And it's I don't know if I pronounced that correct. I never heard anybody say the word. But it's these pockets stuffed with cabbage and meat and, and a French silk pie, which I'm very proud of because I don't usually bake, not to that level anyway. But I have to say, you are probably the most productive person I know during downtime. Like you don't I was waste thinking the same thing. <laughs> a bit of it. And I tend to be someone that's a little more like I have downtime and I take the downtime and I'm really I really have a hard time to get motivated to get like all the extra stuff done that I say that I'm gonna get done when I have the time, you know, all those things. You're the person that actually does those things when they say, Man, one of these days when I have time, I'm gonna do this. You do it. Like you're yeah. the only person I know that does that. And it's I wish I could have like 10% of that in my body. Just 10%. I'm <laughs> 
100% the same way. Probably <laughs> downtime to me means go do something fun. It doesn't mean catch up on past projects or yeah, things that I wanted for to Kim, do. Kim, this is fun. <laughs> this I is know that sounds crazy, but she, the writing and the being creative and the know, designing but, and the new ideas. Well, that's true. That's because fun she for is. Her. Yes, that yeah. Yeah, that's true because she is very she's very good at writing and very creative. So, and thank you for doing all those videos, Kim. That's amazing. I, know. I think gonna that's going to be very helpful to people. They're going to be such an asset to the Cowgirls with Cameras community. The first one got posted this week, and our plan is to post a couple every week. So I am super stoked. And then pulling content, Phyllis, I'm going to start pulling more content from you and more content from my stuff. So I think we're just going to put more and more out into that community. So I'm super excited for the Cowgirls with Cameras out there. Yeah. Yes. Cool. And thanks for all your hard work with social media, too, Kara. That's awesome. Yes. I should do more to help you, which I don't. You really should. <laughs> That's all right. I love you. <laughs> okay, maybe that will be one of my goals for the year. <laughs> which I think is an excellent segue into our conversation topic for today, which is... There we go. This is about creating. So what we wanted to talk about today, and we, we've had a little bit of befuddlement about what this topic exactly meant. It's interesting to coordinate topics between three very busy photographers with three very different approaches to life and business to get us all to settle in on one topic and understand what it means and get us all on a path to one goal. So today it's about creating your photography future. And this episode is really dedicated to helping you understand better how to move your business and your photography expertise, your skills, your ability because photography is not just a job. You don't just walk outside and take photos. There's a lot to this and there's a lot of creativity. There's a lot of technical expertise. It really pulls on all avenues of creativity and production. So today we're going to talk a little bit about how to guide that for yourself, for your business, for your future. So Kira, I think you are going to start us off today with some really great ideas here and thoughts. I think I wanted to keep it pretty simple. So I have a different process when I'm planning for my business specifically and, and around goals. But this is something when I was thinking about this topic, I was thinking about photography and my photography, but also for our listeners, there's a lot of people out there that are just, they just want to grow their photography. And so for me, I've been doing a lot of planning, but the way that I like to do that is I like to look back to what I did last year or this last year. So it's when you actually do that and you sit down and you start going through your work from the last year, first of all, it's amazing to see everything that you accomplished all in one place. And I was scrolling through and I was looking at the number of like business shoots that I had. I looked at the number of events that we hosted as Cowgirls with Cameras, the uh, workshops that I attended and collected images. And it's really a cool thing to see. And it's also when you look at it from the perspective of where are the gaps? What did I miss? What can I do better? And that's where I try to look at this piece of things. So I take a look at what I liked about my work first. Like what are some of the events that I attended that I liked? What are the shoots that I really liked? What did I like about those shoots? What worked? What didn't work? And start kind of thinking about those pieces. And then and then I start thinking about, okay, so what didn't I like? What were the shoots that I wasn't happy with? And then what didn't I like about them? 
What were the shoots and an event that I just didn't feel like I did well at and why? And I try to piece some of that out. I think about things like mistakes that I made, like did I have issues with posing? Sometimes my brain just fizzles and I'll be at a shoot and I'll have like posing diversity issues, like I'll kind of get stuck with my flow. And I'll feel like I come back from the shoot and there's just not enough diversity in what I came back with for my client. Or I didn't have the creativity at an event that I attended at one of the shoots and I didn't get what I really wanted to get from it. And I try to think of what was that? Like what caused that? Was it because I didn't get enough sleep, didn't put enough time in to prep for the shoot? Was it a technical issue? Was I just not moving my feet enough to get moved around? So I try to like kind of piecemeal some of that out. Then I think about what did I shoot that I really loved this year? Not in terms of like the images that I gathered or that I created, but what did I enjoy? Like what made me happy when I was shooting it? And what do I think that spurred from? Was it because my paid session was going really smoothly, that the model was easy to work with, that I felt like I was getting a ton of great stuff? Or was it the camaraderie of the people I was shooting with? Was it the location? Because I want to shoot more of that, right? I want to have more sessions like that. So I spend a lot of time thinking about that. And then on the same flip side of that, what did I hate? You know, were there types of sessions that I hated and I felt painful and I was pulling teeth to get the job done and I was unmotivated to complete the work? Because I definitely want to try to shoot less of that this year. If there was a type of event that I attended and I didn't enjoy it, didn't get anything I liked or just hated the process, I want to shoot less of that this year, do less of that this year. I also like to think about, did I learn anything new this year? So I'll sit down and I'll actually think, okay, did I add a new skill to my toolkit? And that I think is always super eye-opening and it, it tells me a lot about what I spent my time on. So did I learn something or did I coast along? And I've had years where I've looked back and I didn't feel like my photography grew at all. And maybe it did in some way, but I feel like it was very stagnant. I didn't get a lot out of it. And then I've had years where I went leaps and bounds forward in my photography. So I try to think about like, what do I want to learn this year that's new to me? Are there new tools that I want to try, a new piece of gear I want to try? Is there new editing software that I've always wanted to try or something that if terms of my photography business that this might be the year that implement? It might be something like I've had a lot of posing classes, but maybe I want to drill down and focus on something really specific in posing. So maybe I want to learn to pose hands or I want to learn to pose couples, you know, something really specific and try to figure out how to work that into my plan for the year. And that is important because when you're scoping out and thinking about all of the options you have for the year, you can actually then be really conscious and really, you can really put emphasis on those pieces and making sure that you include that in the work that you do for the year. And then I just think it can be really easy to think that, just throw ideas out there and wait and see what happens. And I think if you don't actively do this work and schedule them into your next year, then you probably won't do it. And you've got to put them on the calendar. So if you're thinking, you know, and I want to do a workshop this year, if you haven't already booked it, now's the time to be booking those. And even if it's a year out, you need to get that on your schedule so you can start planning for it. You know, this is the time to do it. If there's a class you want to take, go ahead and schedule that class. And then schedule the time to actually complete it. I don't know about you guys, but I can raise my hand about the number of online courses I've purchased and then never actually schedule the time to complete them. So I think just being really intentional about moving my work forward creatively. I don't know if I can say that word correctly this morning. 
but being really intentional about that is, thank you, is going to be big for me this year. What about you guys? Any thoughts on that? Kudos to you, Kara, for I think you added a great big asset to your photography work with the video work you're doing this past year. Thank you. That was a big, big goal on my to-do list last year. And you and I got together and I said, if I'm going to do this, I've got to hire someone and I've got to get them here and it has to be on my calendar. And then I have to make myself use it. And so I set a goal on how I was going to make myself use it. But I'll tell you, it came at a cost to the other side of my, to my photography side of things. I didn't collect as, you know, I didn't create as many still images as I have in previous years because my brain and my energy and my thought process was so heavily focused on video last year. Still, I mean, we did the class together with Natalie and you've really utilized yours. I've let mine fall apart to the point to where I don't even... I'd have to take the whole class all over again. No, that's not true. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. Anyway, I digress. (laughs) Getting back to the topic, where our photography future lies, I'd first off, I'd like to talk about some things that I think would be helpful to people to try to break some habits before Mm, we talk about goals or going into projects or whatever for the new year. And these are things that all have helped me, and I still have to think consciously about each and every one of them even to this day. So don't think this is just something for newbies. It's something for everybody. But number one is don't rush. When you get out to a shoot, slow down and pay attention to what you're doing and your surroundings. Think about your composition, the direction of light, camera settings you want to use before pushing the button. What is your goal with that image? Think about all these things. Sure, you might miss a shot occasionally, but by not rushing, you're probably going to increase the number of great shots you get. For me, the number two was don't overprocess. What makes post-process Processing and a true art is knowing how to use it in moderation. So I think use post-processing as a way to make your photos better, to make your best photos better. Don't waste time on the rest. Don't waste time on the ones that are less than. Just use post-processing to further or to enhance your best photos. The best place to work on the quality of your photos is when you're shooting. Next is don't be a follower. I think it's really good to study the work of other photographers, but to become a really great photographer yourself, you need to be original and push the boundaries and think outside of the box sometimes. Don't do what everybody else is doing. Focus on finding your own style. The last bad habit or, you know, habit that I think that is helpful for people to try to eliminate would be to don't clutter. Look at some of the really great photos you see out there, and they typically have some kind of simplicity to them. The focus is on a limited number of elements, and anything that's not relevant to the photo is left out of the frame. So if you really want to improve your images, take on what I would call kind of a minimalist approach, like less is more, I guess is a good way to put it. I just did a newsletter on this very topic this week. So I know this is probably to some people that get my newsletter and listen to the podcast too. This may be a little bit of duplicating, but I think to hear it, hear somebody say it versus reading it sometimes is helpful too. But I had some challenges for my readers for the new year. And one of them was to ask yourself the question, who are you shooting for? Who is your work for? I think it's helpful to go out there and make your work for one person only. Find that person that you're trying to please, whether it be you or or what your audience is, and please that one person only. I think because of social media, we all are trying to, in a futile attempt, to please the masses. And so I think that if we'll just think about having some cohesion in our images and and trying to please that one person, that that would be really helpful to your work and to further your work. Also, 
I know several great photographers that don't even have a website. I, I, so I think uh, another challenge I have is if you don't have a website, give your work a place to live online. And I do not mean on social media. There's so many great options out there for online galleries right now. Set aside, I think Kara kind of hit on this a little bit, set aside some time to study your old photos. And I don't mean just from the past year. I mean, look, go back and see how far you've come. It's a great way to measure your improvement and growth as a photographer. I think it's really important to look back and see how far you've come. Study your old work and you may see like some really great patterns in all these photos. You might look through there and and try to create collections based on subjects, themes, or locations even. Make a collection and then go print this collection and find a place in your home, your studio, or even search out a local business or gallery to display it in. You know, a lot of people don't take the time to print their work, and I think that's really super important. I agree with you on that. And I'm going to interrupt you for a second. I think that's such an important piece of it. And I mean, there's lots of photographers that I talk to that have never printed their work. And that's a, such yeah. a cool part of the process. And mm -hmm. for me, that was something I found out I enjoyed in my business. The business side of things was taking an image from that initial spark concept all the way through to the last piece where it's on somebody's wall. And sometimes that was just my own wall. Yeah. Or in the early days, my parents' wall, you know, because yeah. they were the only one that would hang anything up of mine. So, but that's okay. Like when you, and you learn so much in that process. And mm -hmm. sometimes when you print your work, you can see things that you don't see when it's just in a small social media sized space. No, I, I totally I mean, agree. It's I, such a good point. And, and I'm with you. I don't, I know a lot of people that, and they're still showing their pictures to people off their phones, you know? Yeah. <laughs> And I think that's really important in, in this day and age is to get out there and print your work and, and hang it up. Don't just print it. Hang it up. Frame it or just do gallery wraps or whatever you want to do, but hang it on the wall, whether it's in your home or your family's home or whatever, but get it up there. My entire house is decorated with my own photography. <laughs> Like, because That's it's awesome. such happy memories for me. And like everywhere I look, it's something I've drawn or something. I do have other people's art hanging in my home. And I can never decide whether it's mm -hmm. just total like narcissistic egotism to have my own work hanging in here primarily or whether it's just that I love and appreciate what I do. And I will also say on the printed topic, there is no better feeling in the world than to walking into a client's home and seeing something that you have yep. created with them hanging on their wall in a coveted space. I just yes. have to say that is one of the best feelings on the planet. I totally agree, Kim. I think that's really cool when you sell a piece of art or even like you, Kara, like when you're doing portrait work and people buy your artwork for their homes is when people send me an email or a you know a screenshot of their of some of my work hanging in, the, in their home. And I, I just, I don't know, that just really makes your day. I think that's really cool. So, yes. And I'm the same way. I have a lot of my, um, I still have kind of semi a new house. It's six years old now, but I've been really funny about wanting to put things on the wall because <laughs> I didn't want to mess my walls up. But <laughs> I have a mix of, it's mostly mine, but I do have some other photographers work in here that when I used to do a lot of nature photography. So like when you see, you can't see us, but Kim and Kara can see me and I have a polar bear and the fireweed right behind me. And that's a really good friend of mine in Canada that did that. So I think it's important to have art on your walls, whether it be yours or somebody else's, but mostly ours, of course. Because if you don't want to hang it on your walls, why would somebody else want to, right? My last challenge for my readers and, and for you too out there, listeners, is I think 
this would really be helpful to everyone, it doesn't matter what your skill level is at this point, is to find someone just starting out in photography and mentor them. Your abilities will actually grow and when you teach what you know to someone else. It's your ideas and techniques become, I think, more ingrained in your own mind and your soul, too, when you learn to explain them to another person. You will both grow as photographers. So get out there and find someone that you can mentor. Well, I think that's what we're, you know, we're always talking about is in, let's not push people down. Let's pull them up with us. And there's always somebody that wishes they were where you were at in terms of your skill level. So find yourself a mentor and then work with other people that just, you know, don't be afraid to answer questions for people and pull them up there with you. So absolutely. How about you, Kim? Community is so important. I will reiterate that. That's one of our goals at Cowgirls with Cameras is to create that community that's safe for people to share in, to be able to help each other. And there's, again, Another really high point in my career and in my life is when I see participants in our workshops answering questions for each other. Like they've learned it from one of us or they've picked it up on their own and somebody else has a problem or wants to excel at something and and another student will step forward and say, hey, I can help you with that. So I always think that's a that's a big kudos to us and to them for having that ability to do that. So as you guys all are aware, I'm the woo-woo one of this crowd. Oh, I'm the one who (laughs) who looks at that 30,000-foot view and who doesn't necessarily have a prepared list of things to share or, or tips to give. What I do have to share, though, is that when you're looking at creating your future as a photographer, when you're looking at the first part of the year and As Phyllis and Kara both pointed out, it's a really good objective in your life to go back and spend some time looking over the work that you've done in the past because you do need to look back to look forward. There's a whole workshop that I and other Gestaltists do around that where it's looking back and then looking forward at your future. So I want to take that looking forward to your future part a little bit deeper What I recommend you do is sit with yourself for 30 minutes or an hour or even longer and imagine what you want as a photographer in the future. Like pick a day way out there, three years or five years in the future, and imagine that day from start to finish in your ultimate connection with your photography. And maybe that's that you're on a workshop or a retreat somewhere and you're out shooting horses or Western lifestyle images or bears in a natural setting in Alaska somewhere. Whatever that happens to be for you, look at your vision and what is it that you would like to see yourself doing as a photographer three years or five years out into the future. And I would really encourage you to write that down. Part of that vision is you working with clients as a business photographer, you know, owning your own photography business, working with clients. What does that look like for you? And more importantly, concentrate on what that feels like for you. What is the feeling that you want to have from your photography, either as a hobby or an outlet for creativity or a business and all of the above. So what is it that you really want? Because the truth is, is that when we get to thinking about these things, 
when we imagine them, and I, I love this quote, it's all the universe will conspire to help you achieve that goal. So think really readily about what it is that you want for your future as a photographer. And don't be afraid to dream big. Now, for those out there who are like Kara, who are this high SJ in the Kersey Bates, a lot of times when I come up with some big lofty goal, Kara's job in our relationship with ours, especially with business animal stuff, is to say, exactly how are we going to do that, Kim? But in this <laughs> moment of what I'm asking you to do as this dreamy photographer is I'm going to ask you to suspend that and say, I don't know how it's going to happen, but it's going to happen. So if you're listening to this podcast and you're shooting with your phone and you're hoping that someday you could get a mirrorless or a DSLR camera and really learn how to use it, imagine yourself mastering that in that three to five years out. And don't worry about how you're going to afford to buy it or what you're going to do to learn it, to learn to be able to use it. Just know in your heart that that's what is going to happen. And you're going to have to trust that because remember, all the universe will conspire to help you be able to create that goal when you imagine it in that type of a setting. And especially if you write it down, writing it down makes it even more powerful. And you don't have to share it with another soul if you don't want to. If you do, go ahead. But if you don't, don't worry about that. But that's one really solid way to start creating the future that you really want as a photographer or having a photography business. The second thing I would encourage you to do is really understand something that it took me a while to get my head wrapped around when it comes to goal setting, is that there's really two parts to setting a goal. So when you get that vision put together and you see what that's going to be, now you can slip into that, how am I going to make this happen? And many times there's a lot of steps along the way, and we call those goals. But the thing about a goal is it has a sister that has to come along with it, and that's an objective, which is something that's quantifiable. So this year when Kara said in 2022 she wanted to learn how to do video, she set an objective to spend a certain amount of time at every shoot shooting that video to practice it, right? And even yep. though she may not have had a solid number, I don't know if she did or didn't, had a solid number of, of videos that she wanted to shoot at any specific event, she had a good understanding of how much time she wanted to spend. And maybe that the video needed to be a priority because she was learning it over the still photos in places where that was acceptable. So you have to set a quantifiable part of that goal. It has to have an objective to go along with it and hold its hand so that it can get to the point that it actually becomes a reality. So that's a, another piece to this puzzle. Once you get the vision put together, you need to start looking at what are the goals that I need to create along the path, those milestones you want to reach. And then when you start breaking those down, how can you quantify and measure that you have accomplished that particular goal. And I would say, Kara, as you sit here at the beginning of 2023, which is about a year out from when you worked with Natalie, yep. would you feel like that you have 
accomplished your goal to learn about the video and get a good handle on mastering it? I don't feel like I mastered it, but I do feel like I've come leaps and bounds and I'm real happy because the one thing I wanted to do was to be able to create small video clips for social. Like I wasn't trained to like go out and do videos for people and sell them. But now I feel like I'm at a stage where I'm ready to take the next step, which is to learn a little bit more about the editing side. And I'm not somebody that's going to jump right into the end game. I have to take it in little steps, like you said. And I definitely feel like I accomplished everything I wanted to accomplish last year in terms of that. That's awesome. Okay. Well, I hope that this gets some folks really thinking about their next year. If you haven't already done your goal setting, you're planning for next year, or even if you've, you haven't even spent the time yet to think about what do I want to shoot next year? Um, what kind of adventures do I want to have that this guest you thinking about that? Just a reminder, we have a really curated selection of amazing photography events that are open right now. I think several of them have filled up, but we do have space left in the beginner workshop that we're planning to host here in St. Augustine, Florida. So if you're really new to photography and want to learn equine photography from the beginning, this is a perfect event for you. We also have space at our Cottonwood Ranch Experience, which is a really immersive photography shoot, a Western photography shoot with a lot of education packed into that. So you can bring your goals that you want to achieve and you've got the three of us to work with you throughout that week. Do we still have openings at Dryhead or are we full for Dryhead? We're over full. We're full. Okay, so Dryhead is full. Horses on the Beach is full. Art of the Cowgirl, I'm assuming, is full. Or do we have openings for that for the summer? The January one is full. The June one, it, they don't start okay. taking registrations till March the 1st. And okay. we have a very limited number of spots at Trapper's Lake Lodge left. I mean, yes. it's like it's people are filling that one up really fast. It's a very probably by it's the a time very this limited episode number. comes out, um, that event will be filled. So if you're thinking about that event, the Trapper's Lake Lodge event, Definitely get on the website, go to our events tab and pick through and see if there's something that you might be interested in and get on the list fast because those events are going really fast. I would also like to just remind everyone about the CWC photo challenge, the Cowgirls with Cameras photo challenge. We had some really great images come from our last challenge from our last episode. We had some great images come from Becca's images from our Cottonwood Ranch event. We had some great images come from Rocking A Photos from Marcy Joe Photography. Just flipping through to see folks that have participated. That's a few right off the top. So thank you to the folks that are participating in the CWC Photo Challenge. Our hope is to share your images and our stories and just help spread your work out there. This week, if you want to participate, please use hashtag CWC Photo Challenge and share with us and with the community an image that you are really proud of from last year. If you, you tag Cowgirls with Cameras and use that hashtag on Instagram, CWC Photo Challenge, I'll go look for those and share them. So thank you guys so much. This has been a great episode. Don't forget to find us online at cowgirlswithcameras.com. We're on Instagram and Facebook at Cowgirls with Cameras. I think that's it. Is there anything else? I think that's it for this week. And I hope everyone has a happy new year and a, a healthy, happy, prosperous new 2023. Thanks for listening to this episode of Cowgirls with Cameras. Don't let the laughter and learning stop here. 
Join our community on social media and be sure to visit our website for more opportunities to fulfill your photography goals. Head to cowgirlswithcameras.com. That's cowgirlswithcameras.com. See you next time.